0: Welcome to The Last Word on the Crosstalk Messages podcast. Every week we take a last look at the message from the most recent Crosstalk. Enjoy this short conversation and stay tuned for the full message directly after.
1: Hello and welcome back to The Last Word. I'm Cam and I'm here with my two co-hosts. We got Johnny on the podcast this morning. Hello there. Hello there. And (laughs) we have JD.
0: It's nice to be here this morning.
1: It's great to be here. The weather's been really, really nice the past couple mornings. It's mm-hmm. been really good. It's been Finally. awesome. Finally.
0: It was like down into the 60s this morning. I know. Yeah. Game changer. Oh,
1: so nice. I'm excited. It feels like the start of fall. Mm-hmm. Um. So last week at Crosstalk, we kind of talked about our role as the people who have dominion over what God has created and the role that God has entrusted us with. So... I'm actually really curious, like particularly for JD, for for you, for this question, mm-hmm. how had being at Camp Eagle and being out in nature for all those years and like at that time when you worked out there, how did that help you understand our role in God's creation and how did that impact like your worldview? You
0: Absolutely. Know? I think I came to know Jesus and made him the Lord of my life because of seeing his glory in creation. And so for me, that's a huge part of my story and it's become one of those that When you live like making my living being out in it, it becomes all the more important for me to protect where I see God and how I understand his movement in the world. And so for me, like I said on Thursday night, like being in really big unforgiving places makes me feel very small and it makes me all the more cognizant of how great God is. And then in the same way, I think like doing what I did and I don't want to be a guy who's like overly political or anything of that nature, but I just Mm -hmm. saw the degradation of our resources. And for me, it just became a deep conviction that if I'm called to exercise dominion, rule over creation, then that involves good stewardship Mm -hmm. from a very like one person's perspective. And that can look a lot of different ways. There's where I would draw the line is like, I would never tell you guys how you are supposed to care for creation other than you are supposed to. You know, and we develop our own convictions about what that looks like. But we see here that it's our task and our role to care for God's good creation. And that's a profound truth that Mm -hmm. causes us to then live and care for the material world around us and not just look forward to the new creation that is happening someday.
1: Yeah, that's so good. Johnny, I know you didn't spend an extended amount of time at Camp Eagle, but I know that you love being outside. And we go to Texas State, which is a super beautiful campus. And this area is just stunning. But you've been to Camp Eagle before. So like, Mm -hmm. would you add anything to that, go off of that?
2: Yeah. uh, Isaac was our kind of leader guy. Mm -hmm. And so one of the nights he had us just lay down and look up at the stars with no sound or anything. And we just laid there and stared at the stars for a very long time. And I mean, you know, JD, going out there, the, the Milky Way is very easy to see every single night. And so just laying there staring at them, like it was very moving. Yeah, to see how like, I don't know, small we seem in mm-hmm. such a powerful God. And Isaac last night was kind of in community group talking about like why he did have us do that. And he's talking about how beautiful and vast the stars are and how, you know, they don't really have a soul, you know, like God cares more about us and, you know, makes us like with more worth and beauty than even all the stars, which it's very powerful to see that there's such a vast creation, but still we hold this greater importance to God.
1: Yeah, that's so true. So good, I love that, stars. And I I don't know if y'all have been to Pernellis State Park in Austin, Mm -hmm. but I had a night like that where me and my friends, we just, we decided not to set up like a tent and we just decided to lay and look Mm -hmm. up at the stars like all night and that was the most beautiful thing to fall asleep Mm -hmm. to. But adding on to that, God empowers us to take care of creation and like that we have that dominion and we have that stewardship. So how does that help us empower others? And as we're going through, especially like in discipleship and at Crosstalk and Texas State, how do you guys think that can play into not only our role as stewards of God's creation, but also just as people who love God and want to love others and empowering that?
0: Oh my gosh. I think that it uh, begins first by example Mm -hmm. of we have to evaluate how we feel convicted to care for God's creation, you know? We have to develop that and we have to begin to embody that and live that out. It's one of those that nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. And so we have to demonstrate that kind of care for the world around us before we can say you should care about it Mm -hmm. as well. And so I think that that's a huge piece to this. And then secondarily, I think that we have to uh, like... We can't major on the minors, meaning that we have to keep the main thing the main thing, which is saying that it is our responsibility to care for creation and leaving freedom for individual expression of that. Some of us are care much more about certain issues and certain things and certain lifestyles than others of us. And that's okay as long as we are doing our part to care for God's good creation, which begins with the small things like taking care of your plants, or (laughs) like seeing trash on the sidewalk, picking it up, things of that nature where we can just demonstrate stewardship in small tangible ways. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be the grand scheme like national politics or global ecological issues or anything like that. But just in our everyday life, that's where this is primarily lived out.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it
2: grounds us in real remembering that like, Yeah, God did create this earth and that he did create us and put us on it. And it reminds us that, hey, we do have a purpose here um, and that God didn't just kind of create and step back, but rather this is just like a living system that we're in. And it's, I don't know, just daily, I'm like reminded of God's beauty and his purpose for me whenever I see a sunset or whenever I see the mountains in Wimberley or something like that.
1: Yeah. Things of that nature. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> nice. Nice. Josh.
1: Thanks. It was kind of a kind of lame, it was kind of a dad joke, but that's okay. Um and then my final question for you guys this morning is we know that God is constantly redeeming and how does that give us a hope and how does that give us a sort of persistence when it comes to doing what God has called us to do in the here and now?
0: I think that when we look at global or even local problems, it can become very, very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. That there's so much to do. There's so much wrong. There's so many things to care about. And all of these that it can begin to feel hopeless or begin to feel like it's a lost cause. And for us, it's just, okay, so God is redeeming this. And if we know Jesus, if we have said yes to Jesus, then God wants to use us to be a part of that redemption, both of creation and of his created beings, of Mm -hmm. other humans. And so now... As bearing God's divine image, which we'll talk about this week, we have a part to play in God's story. It's not just something where we're waiting on God to act, but we now get to be a part of God's redemption of both creation and of other human beings. And I think that's really the good news of Jesus Christ is that God is redeeming, that God mm-hmm. wants to redeem all peoples from all tongues, from all nations, and we have a part to play in doing that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it gives us hope and keeps us, I don't know, uh, optimistic in a good way that, you know, we don't have to like look around at like a sucky thing that, you know, might feel like it's happening like an earthquake or something that just seems like disastrous or something in our personal lives. But rather we can know uh, for sure that God has, I don't know, the ability to redeem and to bring even more beauty out of that. And, like people during community groups would talk about, you know, like a wildfire happening and how it would grow back, you know, even more beautiful and stuff. And the fact that God can redeem something like that, like it's so cool to see just that he is active in this world and continuing to make more beauty.
1: Mm-hmm. It's amazing that God invites us to be part of his redemption story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't remember what psalm it is, but um, it's a psalm that talks about how how is it that the God who made the, the stars and the skies would love human beings. And I think about that as we get to be part of God's creation and redemption story, um, that it's not a burden. It's it's a privilege and an honor to get to do life with the creator of the universe and the creator of the mountains and everything beautiful that we see. So such an honor to do that with him. And uh, that's about that's all the questions I have, but I'm going to hand it over to JD to kind of talk about what we've got going on next and an update for this week.
0: Absolutely. We kind of hit on a big kind of meta theme on Thursday, which is evil and kind of defined that. And we saw how when evil entered the world through human sin, Adam and Eve's sin, that infected both our relationship with creation and how we as human beings have perpetuated violence and evil against creation. That's resulted in the exploitation of God's good creation. Mm -hmm. And the other part of that is that evil also infects human relationship. And so not only does it infect the physical good creation here on earth, but it's also how we have perpetuated violence and evil against other human beings. And so this next week, we're going to talk about what it means to be created in the image of God, in the likeness of God, and how that calls us then to view and to treat other human beings who are likewise created in the image of God. So I'm really, really excited about this one. I've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And I do have to apologize here before we get to the message that we did have an issue with our audio recording. So You guys will get about half of the audio from this past Thursday, but thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week and the moon and the stars, and these were set to rule the day and the night, the days and the years and the seasons. And again, God saw that it was good. On the fifth day, God creates the fish and the birds. It says, let, God says, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And God saw that it was good. Now, on the sixth day, God creates two things, the first of which are all of the living creatures. It says, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth. And it says again at this moment, and God saw that it was good. Six times, God declares that what he has created is good. Six times he declares that it is good. Now, in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And if we skip down to Genesis 1, verse 31, it says, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. That God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Now, I want to spend some time here because we see something really important here at the end of Genesis chapter 1. The narrator tells us that everything that God has created is good. And then he creates human beings, and God calls it very good. Now, that all of these created things are good is an implication of them being made by a good God. A good God is not going to make a bad creation. And so what flows out of his creative power is good. And this has an important implication for us. God is good, and the creation that he brings into existence reflects this goodness, And what we see right here is not necessarily something in the text, but it's something that's not in the text. Evil was not a part of the original creation in any way. Evil is not a part of the original creation in any way. There's no mention of evil in this creation account in Genesis chapter 1. That means that good and evil are not these grand cosmic powers doing battle in the universe. Instead, what it demonstrates for us is that evil is introduced into the universe by the very creatures that God made, namely human beings. We are the ones that introduce evil into the world. Now, that is to say that evil is the absence or the rejection of God. It did not have to be created by God. It's not a substance, but it's an attitude or a posture, I was reading one author who classifies this as an anti-God posture. That when we posture ourselves against God, when we reject him, that is where evil takes form and takes place. Now, that means that all that's required for evil to exist, then, is creatures who exist who have the freedom to accept or to reject God. We as human beings have that freedom to take an anti-God posture, which leads to all sorts of evil, which all of us see on a regular basis if we pay any attention to the news. So I want you guys to hold on to this idea or this concept of evil. It's going to come in here in a little bit, and it's going to be increasingly important. Now, according to Genesis Humanity has a God-given responsibility in this good creation. If we go back to Genesis 1, verse 26, he says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We're made in the image of God and then let them have dominion. And he gives humans dominion over everything here on earth. And the key word for us is dominion. Not going to lie, I have a very visceral reaction when I read that word, and it's not a positive one. Often people translate this word as rule, which has an equally negative connotation in today's society. In this day and age, it, it comes loaded with this sense of colonialism or imperialism in which you're subjecting other people by the way that you rule, but that's not the intended meaning here. So what does it really mean? Well, Genesis 2.15 says this in a very different way. It says that the Lord God took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. To work it and to keep it. Now, what does that mean? Means that we were created to bring order out of chaos, to reflect God's creative acts by ruling here on earth. That means we were created to exercise dominion through our working and our keeping of creation. Our purpose is to care for this physical earth. The fact that God created humankind in his image and gave us this unique task to exercise dominions that means that we are called to be stewards of his creation and that also we are accountable to him for how we treat his creation good creation that he has made. We are individually responsible for how we care for this good created world. Now, dominion is not the authority to work against God's creation by participating in acts that destroy it. Rather, dominion is the ability and the privilege to work for God's creation. It's to create flourishing here on earth. Now, according to Genesis, our inability to fulfill this God-given responsibility to rule over creation has some pretty serious consequences. Adam and Eve choose to eat the sun and the moon and the stars, and these were set to rule the day and the night, the days and the years and the seasons. And again, God saw that it was good. On the 5th day God creates the fish and the birds. It says, "Let God says, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens." And God saw that it was good. Now on the 6th day God creates two things. The first of which are all of the living creatures. It says, "livestock and creeping things and beasts" Of the earth. And it says again at this moment, and God saw that it was good. Six times God declares that what he has created is good. Six times he declares that it is good. Now in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And if we skip down to Genesis 1, verse 31, it says, God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. That God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. Now, I wanna spend some time here because we see something really important here at the end of Genesis chapter 1 the narrator tells us that everything that God has created is good. And then he creates human beings and God calls it very good. Now, that all of these created things are good is an implication of them being made by a good God. A good God is not going to make a bad creation. And so what flows out of his creative power is good. And this has an important implication for us. God is good, and the creation that he brings into existence reflects this goodness. And what we see right here is not necessarily something in the text, but it's something that's not in the text. Evil was not a part of the original creation in any way. Evil is not a part of the original creation in any way. There's no mention of evil in this creation account in Genesis chapter one. That means that good and evil are not these grand cosmic powers doing battle in the universe. Instead, what it demonstrates for us is that evil is introduced into the universe by the very creatures that God made, namely human beings. We are the ones that introduce evil into the world. Now that is to say that evil is the absence or the rejection of God. It did not have to be created by God. It's not a substance, but it's an attitude or a posture. I was reading one author who classifies this as an anti-God posture. That when we posture ourselves against God, when we reject him, that is where evil takes form and takes place. Now, that means that all that's required for evil to exist then is creatures who exist who have the freedom to accept or to reject God. We as human beings have that freedom to take an anti-God posture which leads to all sorts of evil, which all of us see on a regular basis if we pay any attention to the news. So I want you guys to hold on to this idea or this concept of evil. It's going to come in here in a little bit, and it's gonna be increasingly important. Now, according to Genesis, humanity has a God-given responsibility in this good creation. If we go back to Genesis 1, verse 26, he says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We're made in the image of God, and then let them have dominion. And he gives humans dominion over everything here on earth. And the key word for us is Dominion. Not going to lie, I have a very visceral reaction when I read that word, and it's not a positive one. Often people translate this word as rule, which has an equally negative connotation in today's society. In this day and age, it, it comes loaded with this sense of colonialism or imperialism in which you're subjecting other people by the way that you rule, but that's not the intended meaning here. So what does it really mean? Well, Genesis 2.15 says this in a very different way. It says that the Lord God took the man and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. To work it and to keep it. Now, what does that mean? Means that we were created to bring order out of chaos, to reflect God's creative acts by ruling here on earth. That means we were created to exercise dominion through our working and our keeping of creation. Our purpose is to care for this physical earth. The fact that God created humankind in his image and gave us this unique task to exercise dominions that means that we are called to be stewards of his creation and that also we are accountable to him for how we treat his creation good creation that he has made. We are individually responsible for how we care for this good created world. Now, dominion is not the authority to work against God's creation by participating in acts that destroy it. Rather, dominion is the ability and the privilege to work for God's creation. It's to create flourishing here on earth. Now, according to Genesis, our inability to fulfill this God-given responsibility to rule over creation has some pretty serious consequences. Adam and Eve choose to eat